Hey guys, welcome back to the Weekly Struggle Podcast. It is a beautiful day for podcasting. And uh, today I'm going to be having a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Brendan Ames. He's going to be talking about a lot about his uh, his struggles in life with with work and all of the anxiety and depression that comes from that because he travels a lot. He's away from his family and friends uh, and girlfriend a lot. And, you know, that can be stressful. I mean, I can relate there with when I'm gone, when I was gone for training for the railroad, I was gone for two weeks at a time sometimes, and it was rough. And before that, I mean, I was never away from uh, my wife or kids for more than a day or two and uh, gone for a week. I mean, that sucks. Gone for months for him. I mean, that's got to be really rough. So without further ado, let's get him on. Brennan. It's going good, Kane. How are you, man? Oh, you know, doing doing all right. And things have been a little shitty the last few days, but I mean, for all of us anyway. Yeah, I can completely agree with that one, my friend. Yeah. Losing four good good friends the way that they the way that they did uh is terrible it's definitely very it's stressful definitely, yeah it's definitely sad especially kind of like because i as you know i'm in the huge side-by-side um thing too as well and you know seeing all that you know and i follow a uh, group page on facebook and i won't name the page because i'm not trying to target them but there's somebody posted uh that video of their side by side on fire on that page. And there's like, there's a group of people off to the right of it, just sitting there watching it and people are videotaping it. And my first thing I'm taking in my mind is why is people just standing there and not going up there and trying to put out this fire? Um, you know, when you go to the dunes or go to ORV parks, it's required to have fire extinguishers on your side by sides or in your off road vehicle for that kind of aspect. And just to have, you know, people sitting there watching or videotaping and not trying to help, it kind of was just disgusting to watch. Because my mind, that would have been the first thing I did. I was grab my fire extinguisher and run up. I don't even care if it put me in the, any more danger or risk my life. If I could, if I'd known I could have done something to try to save, you know, our friends, then that, that, I wouldn't even cared. So there was more people there and they were videotaping their accident? Or is this like a different thing? No, this is a, this is the same accident. Somebody posted on this group page on Facebook as saying like, "Not this is the reason why you don't like drive your side by side with a gas can in the back of it." Um, and then the caption also the caption says like, "Don't know how don't know what happened to the people inside the side by side." When I saw it, I commented on it. I'm I'm like, "Those are my friends, and this is what happened." And it's disgusting that you guys take this made this video. And people are standing around watching and not trying to help. Wow. As soon, as soon as I made that comment, I think it was on. I think the video was still up for another 10, 15 more minutes. And then it got deleted by the person who posted it. Because I was trying, I was talking to Kyle Bickney's about it. And I told him about the video and he was trying to find it on that page. And he's like, I can't find it. So I went back to the post and it got deleted. So it was removed by a uh, person who posted it. Wow. That's ridiculous that nobody even tried to do anything. They just kind of stood there. 
Yeah, it was. Like I said, it was it was it was, it was frustrating. It was upsetting. It was disgusting, um, and that just goes to show like the society that we live in nowadays is really just upsetting in general. Everybody just whips out their phones to take videos of shit that's yeah, happening. Exactly. And I was like, I get people are probably like, oh, well, there's nothing you can do. Or what if it was a blow up? I'm not trying to lose. Like, I have a family, blah, blah, blah. And I can get that. But it's also that whole aspect of fight or flight. Like, are you going to sit there and not do anything? Or are you going to try to do something? And yeah, you may get hurt. Maybe you might get burned. You might, you know, I'd rather lose a limb and save a life then fucking be perfectly intact and watch people die there and just, and just don't deserve that, especially at a young age. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I know I definitely would have tried to do something. I mean, it's it's gas, so, you know, you, even just throwing dirt on it, I mean... I mean, anything. Fucking anything. everybody out there that goes riding or wheeling or whatever, everyone knows you all got beer or fucking water or something to drink, you know, anything that can help, you know, reduce the flame or something to to get these guys out of there. Just like, that's not one thing that goes through anybody's mind. Um, like, and another aspect people bring up too is like, oh, you can't get access to your fire extinguisher. I'm like, yeah, when I first got my side-by-side, I had a fire extinguisher and it was mounted on the exterior part of my cage in the back passenger corner of my machine not easily accessible so i ended up moving it down to underneath not underneath but down there by the kick panel on the passenger floorboard where it's easily accessible where i can reach over or my passenger can reach underneath pull a pin and within five seconds you have a fire extinguisher fully available to be used yeah nowadays they have i was actually looking online i saw zach beck commented on somebody's uh somebody's post about fire extinguisher on that page i think today um yeah and he posted a uh like a screenshot i think it was summit racing they have uh this 450 dollar um fire suppression system it's like a big a big tank it almost looks like a cheetah blaster tank mm -hmm. it, but blue and then it has a bunch of lines and hoses and stuff that come with it and then it's got like this red pull lever that you mount somewhere and you, as you run the hoses to wherever you want them to go, I think there's yeah. like four of them. And I then saw that today too. Dumps CO2 or whatever kind of uh, fire extinguisher stuff you put in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, CO2 I think would probably be the best, best bet. Yeah, well, that's another thing, too, about dealing with gas fire, because, you know, gas is also oil-based, so if you were to put water on it, it just just, it just distributes yeah. it further away, like, use it as, like, um, like a cooking fire when you're using, like, oil in your, your pan, you know, people try to right. put water in it to put out the fire, well, that, you know, oil and water don't mix, and it just kind of separates, and so that fire splatters everywhere, just like, you know, gasoline would, but, you know, you're trying to do something, right? And like if right. you don't get it out right away, you know, constantly keep applying whatever you're trying to apply to it, trying to get it to come down to get them out, or trying to make it fully dispersed, or whatever you can possibly do. Like, yeah, not all fire extinguishers are rated for gasoline fires. You have to get certain kinds, but anything is better than nothing, right? Right. I mean, I know, I know two of them 
two of them were able to get out, and they were the ones that got airlifted. Um, mm. But the other two, not not so much, which is terrible. I mean, it, that now I'm just now hearing this for the first time that there was a bunch more people there, and it's kind of making me angry that nobody nobody did anything. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just the four of them, one side by side, and, you know, that was it. But now that I hear that there was people standing around just watching, not doing anything, that's, you know, that's kind of, it's pretty fucked up, really. Yeah, it's really frustrating because, you know, I woke up Sunday morning and my friend Trina Brenda lives down in Phoenix. She texted me asking me, she's like, Brenda, I don't know how close you are to Devin, but I'm sorry to hear about what happened. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she ends up, I end up calling her and she's like, Yo, you know, Devin passed away, you know, this morning in Harborview. I'm like, what? And then she ends up telling me about like the accident that happened out there, uh, Liberty. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I know Devin is a, is a goofball and, you know, he's a good time and kind of irresponsible. But I know at the same time, the kid's got a head on his shoulders. And he knows like he's around the side by side industry as well as just about a lot of us are. And he's not completely like, you know, um, irresponsible with that aspect. And so it's kind of making me, it was really like kind of like confusing to kind of like wrap your head around. And then seeing that video on Facebook on that group page, I'm like, and then seeing everybody else just standing around and people taking video of it. And it's just like, what, what happened? So, but you're never going to find out the, you know, the true story because everybody in that vehicle, you know, didn't, didn't survive. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I got, I got a Snapchat from, from Preston. Uh, it was like after I was already home from work and it was like two, two or three o'clock in the morning, I opened it and he's like, did you hear the bad news? I'm like, oh my what who who was it and then then yeah he told me the the whole the whole story and i was just i just laid there awake until like 5:30 in the morning and uh i just couldn't sleep it was i had the same feelings as you i was confused it didn't feel like like it was real i thought i was dreaming and uh the next thing you know I wake, I'm waking up to like Alina shaking me, like freaking out. And I just remember, I know, I already know, I know, I know. I should have woke you up. Should have told you. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough day that day. Yeah, it's. And I had to go to work and then I was just pissed at everybody. And that's the thing about like, I don't don't know if you know Jeremy Spears, but, uh. Yeah, um, I do. Okay. Uh, him and Devin were super close. They would always, they would always like work on like the stuff side by side together and all that kind of stuff. And so I ended up calling Jeremy right after I got the phone with Trina and asking him, I was like, Hey, did you hear what happened? He's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, bro, what the fuck, man? Like what happened? Like where, like, where did all this miscomplacency like fall? And just like not, you know, thinking about having a gas can in the back of a machine. And when we're talking about that, the first thing that went through my mind after I heard all this stuff is when me and Kyle Bickney's both got our side by sides. We got them the same week at Labor Day weekend almost three years ago. We were all at Moses Lake 
and he ran out. He was running low on gas, and he went all the way over to was it the Shell Station right there off of I ninety? We take Sand Dunes Road into Moses Lake, and he had a gas can in the back of his machine, uh, bringing gas back. And I remember him telling me when he got back that he could smell gas like the whole entire drive from that gas can. Well, you know, with side-by-sides, the engines are in the back and you have like that crappy-ass makeshift bed back there. And right, it's all you plastic. The, yeah, and it, it, it tells you, I think sometimes, I think on the Polaris's or maybe Can-Am's, I don't remember, but it tells you not to uh, travel with gasoline in the back in that bed compartment because it's right over the motor. And as when I heard about that gas in the back of that side-by-side that caught on fire, that was the first thing that came up and I even texted Kyle about that stuff. I was like, dude, that would... It reminded me of when you brought that gas can back and you're like smelling gasoline the entire time. And I'm like, bro, that same thing could have happened to you. Like, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, that crap can happen so fast and like people don't take into consideration or think about it. Um, because I don't know if you know, the liquid gasoline, the liquid is not flammable. It's the fumes. If you take like a light cigarette and you throw it in a can of gas, it won't catch on fire. It's the fumes that catch on fire. Yeah. Because I used to do that as a, as a joke to my friends around a fire. Take When I used to smoke cigarettes, take a lit cigarette and throw it in a can of gasoline or a cup of gasoline and watch them all freak out and run around. And it doesn't do anything. But if there's an open flame around the fumes, that's when it, that's when the fire starts. Yeah, so, I mean, it's gonna, it's it's hard to say what what actually happened or how it actually was ignited, whether it was the engine or a spark from the cage hitting a rock or who knows. Yeah. Like but. I said, you're never going to know the true story because whoever was there and watched it, they ain't going to, they're not going to come out and talk about it because they're going to, they're just going to look like garbage because they didn't help. And the ones that were involved in it, sad to say they didn't make it. Yeah. It's terrible. So yeah, it's frustrating, especially kind of from like, you know, my lifestyle being side by sides and all that kind of stuff. It just, it makes you kind of double, double think everything, double check everything. Um, and it makes you like more like worried on my side by side. I end up getting rid of the bed on the back of it. I, I end up doing a whole tired bed delete because mine, I was focusing more on mine and becoming more of a race rig and it just was easier to keep it cooler and easier to service. Um, but I never liked the whole bed aspect on these things at all. Like I get it. If you're going to be using it to go like trail riding and go camping, like overland and that kind of stuff, great aspect and a great concept. But for people who like, you know, spend their times in the dunes and like to have a, like go fast, that kind of stuff. I got rid of all that because this is extra weight. I don't use it. I think it looks ugly as hell. Um, and less chances of, you know, carrying gasoline in the bed of your fucking machine. Right. I mean, it probably you could probably put like a aluminum fuel cell back there or something and be fine, but you wouldn't want to have it mounted to some shitty plastic bed. Yeah, exactly. Like the only thing I've kind of seen in the back like that that's been like any sort of aluminum tank wise is when uh, guys do like they do the Baja racing. They have they do like a radiator relocation, and they stick like the big three fans and the radiator in the back over like that bed area but like they don't put gas gas cans back there they kind of they put them they still keep them up front underneath the dash but they just go with bigger tanks yeah but it's 
It's still fucking nuts. Yeah. It's definitely an eye-opening situation. How, oh, for sure. How fast everything can just be taken away in the blink of an eye. Yeah, and it's like I, I've only met, oh, I only met Haley like a couple times with Devin, and I think I met Connor once or twice. Never met Benji, but like everything I've seen over like Instagram and Facebook and uh, Snapchat, like it's just like everybody, all those four were like super, super loved and cared about, and you know, being so young and like something that happened just completely by accident is just sad to watch, like all their lives and their families' lives and <laughs> everything just literally go up in flames. Yeah, it's, it's definitely very sad. <sighs> but yeah, I guess we should probably switch switch gears here. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's been going on with you lately other than just work or? Yeah, pretty much like as you know, and most of everybody who probably listens to this podcast knows that I travel for work, you know, you know, on the road for 31 days and home for 10 days. So just been traveling the country, working out of state, you know, living in and out of hotel rooms and suitcases and doing it, doing it day by day. I'm currently on a prolonged vacation right now. Um, the reason being is because watershed's coming up here next week or this week. And that's my thing I do every year. And I, take a prolonged vacation to, you know, go do that, have a good time, meet new people, go, go to cool concerts and live the sober life there now. Yeah. What'd you say it was? Uh, two years? Yeah. Yeah. The July 28th made it two years sober. Damn. Congratulations, man. That's a, that's a pretty good achievement there. Thank you. It's not been easy. I can tell you that, but it's, it's been, it's been doable. Yeah, and it's definitely hard, especially when life's throwing you curveballs all the time. Uh, and don't get and, me wrong, uh, I've I've contemplated, I've definitely contemplated about like, oh man, like if, uh, yeah, let's go back to like, you know having a few beers, you know, have that social buzz with your friends when you go out to like the bars or go camping or go to a bonfire or whatever. You know, there's the that that it's the uh, the atmosphere that comes with it. It's like you just want to have a drink in your hand to socialize, have a good time. Because I can tell you this, being sober and then dealing with all your friends that are drinking around you, it's super exhausting because you have to mentally keep yourself upbeat and, like, outgoing and bubbly, like, without any help. And, you know, alcohol makes it more doable. It's easier to do. You're more relaxed and you don't fucking care and all that kind of crap. And doing it sober is not the easiest at all. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Because, I mean, I remember I used to, I don't know, I'd be quiet for the most part. And then I'd, like, when I wasn't drinking, and then I'd finally, you know, I'd go take some big poles off a bottle or something. And then I'd come out come out of my shell to party, and then I'd, then I'd be one crazy little bastard. But, oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> Definitely, when you first, when you get that like that little bit of a buzz, you're like, "All right, I'm ready to go. Let's, rock, let's cock lock and ready to rock." Yeah. But now it's like ten o'clock, ten o'clock at night, eleven o'clock. I'm like, bro, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Yeah, especially with like kids running around and stuff like that. I mean, the kids oh, yeah, wear exactly. wear you out. 
you spend all day playing with the kids or playing on trampolines or going to the park, you're like, shit, man, I am beat. Yeah. But, I mean, nowadays, I mean, I work, I work second shift, so, I mean, I'm always, I'm always going to bed at, like, one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and then on my weekends, my weekends now are Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but okay. I took today off, um, but yeah, so on my weekends, then it's kind of like, the first day, it's hard, it's hard to uh, get up early, because I went to bed at one o'clock, and then got to try to not stay up until two o'clock in the morning on my my Saturday night. Yeah. Or else I'll end up trying to sleep all day my whole weekend, and then it sucks. But yeah, usually usually I'm tired. Like once I'm at work, nine o'clock is usually the time that I freaking that I feel like I need to rack out feel like an old man well and that's the thing is like for me i start out about 3 30 in the morning for work and then i usually work about 12 hours and i'm trying to be back at my hotel room about 4 or 4 30 depending on how traffic goes or how tied up i get tied up i get with work but i try to typically go to bed at seven o'clock seven o'clock in the evening try to get roughly about seven eight hours of sleep um it was easier to do that when you're single uh, but the fact that, you know, having, you know, a happy, healthy relationship, you want like, and especially me being gone, you, know, you stay up a little, you stay up a couple hours longer to talk on the phone and it sucks, makes it really hard is when you're in different time zones too. Cause currently I'm working over in the central time zone, which we're two hours ahead of the, uh, of, you know, Washington's time zone. So when I'm trying to go to bed, it's like eight over there, nine over there. And it's only, you know, seven or, or was it? six or seven over here in the west coast kind of makes it frustrating because like i'm trying to i need to get some sleep because i need to get up early to go to work and but it's a lot of the guys i train and i teach out there in my job in my field it's it's all about you know self-discipline you need to be you know you need to discipline yourself to go to bed at an early time or a decent time so you can get your rest and then you know get up early for work to go do your job and you know it's all about you know self-sufficiency and you know self-discipline if you don't take that into consideration it's it's gonna it's gonna beat you down it's gonna put a mental wear on you oh for sure what do you what do you do for work you build buildings or something yeah so i work for a construction company that is the sole director for all the costcos around the world and we also don't just do those we also do like you know other big metal warehouse facilities such as some amazon buildings um we just actually built a home depot down in Texas, we build a lot of the uh, Merck pharmaceutical distribution distribution places in like North Carolina and the East Coast. Um, oh, but like Costco, yeah, Costco is our number one uh, contract. Like they're our biggest affiliate, and we service all these warehouse buildings that we build for twenty five years. That's their that's their warranty is a twenty five year warranty that we give them when we build their warehouses. It can be any warehouse. It doesn't have to be a Costco. It's anything that we build or put a roof on or that. It's all, you know, all metal work. Wow. That's pretty cool, yeah. though. I mean, that's got to be a, it's a pretty, got to be a pretty big company then. If you're, You'd actually be surprised. They're doing all that. About four to 500 employees. Oh, geez. 
Yeah, it's based. It's just it's based in the Central Valley of California in Madera, California. Um, and that's where you know all the that's like where the headquarters is based out of. But in my department in this in this company, you can live anywhere in the country and do this job. You just go off of an email dispatch, and you take your work van, you drive to the, to the said location. Oh, you gotta drive from here all the way to texas or wherever you yeah, gotta, yeah. gotta go exactly it used to be like that but now it's more like we kind of get regionalized um in certain areas and then when it comes to our end of our end of our time on the road where we start going home they'll start they're flying us now back from wherever we're at back to home and then when then they turn around flies back out to where our work van is at at the airport but it used to be a lot of driving we used to you know drive from point a to point b back in the day and not do as much flying like my last longest my last longest drive i did was from grand rapids michigan back to uh covington washington and how, how long of a drive is that that was holy crap i gotta remember i think it was about 34 hours of driving holy shit yeah we i think i got i got home we got home about two two and a half days Jeez, you guys just taking turns, shifts driving, or? Yeah, well, the thing about it, the really crappy thing about it is the kid that I had working with me, who was my assistant at the time, but he didn't end up making it. Uh, he couldn't do it. He couldn't be away from his family. Uh, he's from Texas, down in the Houston area, and so he's not used to, you know, snow, you know, high winds, all that rain. And so the vehicle that we drive is a, it's a Ford Transit 250 box van, and it's kind of you know similar to the Amazon and the UPS vans you see. Like the not the box ones, and you're driving that across the country. When we were driving, we're going through like Wyoming, Colorado, Wyoming, and it's super windy. And this was in November, and so it would be really nice, but really windy. But then the snow would come in, so you got wind and snow thrown into it on the interstate on I on I on I I eighty. I think it's I eighty or I seventy. No, I twenty five. I'm sorry. Um, and then that all gets thrown into there, and you're going around, you know, windy road, windy interstate hills, and all that kind of crap. And he couldn't do it. He can only do it for a couple hours. He's like, "Bro, I feel so unsafe." And I'm like, "Fine, <laughs> move over. I'll fucking do it." And oh. I, know, I think he drove maybe roughly about six hours that entire drive. And I drove wow. the rest. Yeah, I just pretty much because like when you're by yourself, you drive by yourself, and it's just. That's his whole aspect of it. Like, yeah, it's nice when you have somebody else with you. They can drive while you take a power nap in the passenger seat or whatever, kind of give you a break. But I, I wouldn't up, be able to I sleep like, with him driving. I know, right? Uh, you just <laughs> have to. You have to be confident and comfortable with the person driving. Like, doesn't. I honestly, I accepted the fact. Like, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Like, whatever. I'd rather die sleeping than die awake. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. uh, it was just. Yeah, it was rough. Um, when we ended up stopping that day, we're, we uh, were driving through Wyoming. And we were dealing with all the snow and the wind. We stopped off in Twin Falls, Idaho that night, and we got up in the morning, go, started to finish our rest of our drive back to Covington, which I think was like 10 hours. We woke up to just a whole bunch of black ice all over the place. And you get on I-84, and I'm doing like 35 down the interstate for a good 10, 15 miles. Because it's a speed limit of 80, and you got the wind, you got black ice. It's like, I am not fucking around with this shit at all. 
that's like the highway that they that one's probably been on ice road truckers or something like that or whatever show that is where they're driving yeah. on the highway and then there's black ice and wind and their trailer keeps getting pushed sideways and shit like that yeah it's it's no fucking joke at all because like especially with a van like that tall that big i always tell everyone like dude, you're driving a billboard on wheels and that thing will catch any kind of drift and it could be like you know 10 mile an hour winds and you're still getting pushed around like it's like fuck man <laughs> your arms get so tired trying to battle the winds and fight it and correct the vehicle it's rough oh i bet yeah it's gotta Bad be pretty oh yeah it's gotta be pretty stressful uh traveling for work all the time it, you know, what did you say I, you're gone for a month at a time yeah i'm gone for about a month and i'm only home for 10 days so i pretty much tell people that i live in hotel rooms about 280 days a year jeez yeah and how do you balance that with like family life well that was that was you know never done it never nobody in my family has like had a lifestyle like the one I live other than like you know my brother was in the Marine Corps and some other like my uncle was in the military but that was about it um, so it was it was a really hard transition trying to figure it out it makes you grow up really fast because like when you're home I started this job when I was 23 and I'm 31 now so like you're home you're starting you're 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 set up for a different way of living you know. You live at your parents' house, they help you out, whatever, with like, you know, grocery shopping or like helping out with laundry or, you know, the chores around the house are kind of equally distri distributed. Well, now when you go on the road and you're by yourself and you're working, you know, with somebody else or out of a vehicle, like now you got to like keep track of like, you know, your food. Like if you're going to, you know, stay in a place for a certain amount of time, you want to get some food, you want to get your groceries taken care of, you want, you got to do your laundry, you got to dedicate a day to laundry, you got to dedicate your day to like resting. Um, you have like no energy to do much of anything anymore because you're constantly working. And so figure that all out while you're figuring out like your family life back home, your friends. It's definitely was really hard to get used to and trying to transition to that. Um, but it's all the only thing you can do is, you know, rely on, you know, phone calls, text messages, FaceTime chats. Um, that's the only thing I can really, you know, makes it any better but i'll tell you this like your biggest enemy being on the road because you miss so much um like you know birthday parties graduations like ceremonies you know funerals whatever what have you camping trips um is social media it's it, that's going to be the one thing that really like brings you down because you're going to see all the posts the pictures comments whatever about what a great time everyone's having uh, you know camping or at a birthday party or a bonfire or someone's graduation or like you know a friend dies and you can't make it to their funeral um like you know the celebrate their celebration of life because um so that makes it really that makes it really hard really frustrating because you're you're gone you're on the other side of the country or you're in a different country and you there's nothing you can do about it you just gotta, you know, take your lickings and just, you know, hopefully, like, if you miss out on a set, on a set thing, maybe you can reschedule, you can schedule another one from when you're home, and you can, you know, go and have a good time with all your friends, catch up on, you know, stories and chit chat, and you know, make more memories and get some pictures. But most of the time, they, the others don't want to do that. Right. I mean, I can kind of relate relate there with, like, my work schedule. I mean, everybody else 
uh, has like normal normal schedules where they're working, you know, nine to fives with Saturdays and Sundays off. And then after however many months, three months or something like that, I got, uh, I got upgraded and they're like, all right, you're going to third shift. You're going to be graveyard and you're going to have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off or Wednesdays and Thursdays, just the shittiest schedule. And so for the last six months or something like that, uh, like everybody goes out and does things on, you know, Fridays, Saturday nights or, or like this summer, I mean, everybody's out partying, going on boats and stuff like that. And it's all I get to see is like how much fun everybody's having on social media. And it's like, I don't get invited to anything anymore because everybody knows, oh, he's going to be at work. And their attendance policy is strict. I mean, you only get, I don't have any vacation yet because I haven't been there. Uh, I just barely missed the cutoff. If I would have got hired a month sooner, I would have had enough credit hours. But so now I got to wait until January to get uh, my first week. So this summer is just a whole lot of nothing until somehow I can bid on a job that has Saturdays and Sundays off. And then I can kind of be back, get back to being able to actually see people and do fun things, which gets, it gets kind of stressful and upsetting at times. Yeah, it's definitely, it's an upsetting factor for sure. Like, you know, nobody wants to include you because you're, you know, they know you're busy or you're working because that's how it is for me as well. You know, you're gone all the time. So, and, they, and then I don't keep in contact with anybody anymore. Like, every, when I took this job, everybody wanted to keep in contact. And we always try to, like, make plans when I would come home. But now, doing it for almost eight years and, you know, being grown up and all your friends you, you know, used to hang out with and party with, you know, they're grown up. They have families. They have their own kids, their own life. And I completely understand and get. And I'm understanding that now. You know, being with the woman I'm with now, she has a daughter, and I absolutely enjoy every chance I get when I'm here and get to spend time with both of them, which is a, it's an amazing feeling, and I never thought I would ever understood it, stand it, but I definitely do. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it definitely beats you down because you're not included in like these invites or camping trips or whatever because everybody knows like, oh, he's he's never home, he's you know gone working, like it's there's no point, and it's. You know, I would probably appreciate the offer if I was invited, but then, you know, explain like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'm on the road working. Maybe we can plan something else, you know, when I am home. That would make you feel like a little bit more, you know, not so overwhelming, not so stressed out if you just, somebody just sent you an invite and like, even though you have to decline it, they've still thought of you. Right. But I mean, most people, I mean, they get told no so many times they eventually give up. Exactly. It's like, why bother? Why keep trying? Like, it's just whatever. Just go on, live your life, and, you know, cut ties. Just, you know, that's how you have to look at it nowadays. Did you close out of your app? No. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, it's tough. But it, you know, it's, it reminds me, like, you know Derek Stewart? Yeah. 
All right, he ended up getting his – I mean, this is years ago. Like, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. He ended up getting a job offer, kind of the same concept as mine, doing some roofing jobs. Um, and he would be on the road for, like, I think it was, like, two or three weeks and then be home for, like, I think it was, like, a week or a week and a half or something like that. And he was all down for it. He was super excited. He was asking me questions. He's like, oh, how do you deal with it being gone with your friends and family, blah, blah, blah. And I pretty much what I explained to you, I'm like, it's – it's great. You make really great money but and all that kind of good aspects, but the, your, your biggest enemy is social media. Like, you know, again, going over, seeing, like, all the pictures and posts and all that kind of stuff with things going on back home that you can't attend or can't make. Um, it's like you got to take it with a grain of salt. Like, if you're doing it for yourself and, you know, you want to have a great life and you don't want to, you know, stack some money and you build your future up, it's a great opportunity to do it. But if you have a family and you're invested in, like, a home and, like, your family stability, your kids, don't do it. Like, 10, 10, 10 out of 10, if you have kids, you're married, you're working on your house, or you have a house, or working on buying a house, do not do a job like that. It's just going to throw a huge wrench in, wrench, in, wrench in the mix, and it's going to cause more anguish and grief and frustration between you, your, like, your wife or your husband and your kids, your family time that you're going to be missing out of. Yeah, it's kind of like like with the railroad, they were, like, because I was kind of contemplating, like, maybe being on the operations side of things, but then I was talked out of it because it's like, if you're a conductor or an engineer, I mean, you're gone a lot. And uh, mostly, mostly out of town because you're, you know, you're running trains across the states and stuff like that and um it would be the same thing i mean your home maybe i don't know not even 25 percent of the year it seems like and it's kind of like what you were saying that would be that'd be tough i know i wouldn't be able to do it yeah it's uh it's it's a huge mental toll i'll give you that it's um there was a time uh, about a year and a half ago, I almost committed suicide and I walked off a roof of a warehouse I was working on because I was so depressed and just, you know, stressed out and super anxious and um, had an anxiety attack. I was, I felt like I was stuck in a spot where I couldn't get out, um, dealing with like weather delays and, uh, you know, being by yourself and just more shit getting added onto your list of things you gotta take care of at one location. So like, you when you when I come when I go to a job site, I you know I do an assessment of what has to be done there, and I kind of give you you kind of set yourself up for like a time frame to you know get out of there and get to your next location, your next job you have to go to. Well, when weather comes in, it kind of delays you. Um, and I had dealt, I was fighting, you know, bad weather, rain, snow, hail for about two weeks. And it pushed me back two weeks on a simple job. And it just beat, it beat me the hell down to so bad that I had to, ended up having a really bad panic attack. And like that entire day, I was, it was a giant freaking blur. Um, I don't really remember a lot of it. I remember I almost ended up walking off the rooftop of this location and just almost went on to, like, I was about to fucking just jump off and just kill myself. It was that bad. Um, and so Jeez. I, you know, yeah, it's... If you have, like, any mental, you know, anguish or, you know, disability, like as me, I have PTSD and anxiety and depression. Um, and 
I was never on any medication before all that happened. And after that, that day, I ended up getting in contact with a coworker of mine that suffers from bad depression as well. And he told me about, <coughs> he told me about a, um, an app. It was called Cerebral Mental Health. And it was, it's an app that's designed, you know, for your everyday, like traveling work person, like blue collar or a business person or whatever. Cause if you're on the road, you know, you're, you're traveling a lot, you don't have the availability to go meet with your psychiatrist or go to therapy or go talk to your doctor about who to talk to or medication or whatever. So you get on there and you create your account. They, they accept your, they accept all different kinds of insurances and you meet with a prescriber and a therapist and you talk to them and they start prescribing you medications and then they can send it, the prescription over to any pharmacy you want, wherever you're at. And so that's what really, you know, saved my mental state was reaching out to him and him telling me about that. Um, and then that's how I met my therapist and me and her are still working with each other to this day. Um, and that's been actually really, really great because my mental stability is a lot, is a lot better now. It's more on track, you know, being the whole, doing the whole sobriety thing, being sober, that's really helped out too with the mentality. Um, I don't know if you saw my, like my little life update on Instagram and Facebook, but like just talking about, you know, mentality is still like stable and it's growing, you know, so being sober, it's, you know, made, made it really better. Um, but every there's, there's days where days are struggles, but you gotta, you know, just accept it. And you know, the next tomorrow is always a new day. It's always a fresh start to start over again. Right. Yeah, I did. I think I did see that the other day. Yeah, I did. Yeah. No alcohol has touched these lips in two years. Yep. Big, uh, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a big thing, especially like, you know, with Watershed coming up, you know, everybody drinks there. And that was the one place where, like, I always got really rowdy and rambunctious and partied and, you know, fought people. And like last year was my first year being sober there, which that was really hard. That was super stressful. Um, dealing with all that kind of stuff. So you got like, you have to be busy. Like I also have ADHD too. So it's like, I have to be busy doing something. If I'm busy doing something, then I don't focus on, you know, the negativities or like being sucked down. And it's like a stupid peer pressure thing. Um, like the, with the drinking or doing drugs or whatever, what have you. And so trying to, trying to keep yourself busy out there was really hard as well. Also, I ended up walking cause we stayed in big rig. And I ended up walking all the way to Gen Pop and Premier and into the venues. I think I walked about 42 miles. I actually tracked, counted it uh, my, on my my Apple Watch. It keeps track of your steps and converted it into miles. It was about 42 miles in four days, walking all over Jeez. the place. Dude, I tell you just this, every to... night I go to bed, my legs would throb, my feet would throb, and I'm just like, God damn, this sucks. <laughs> but it was a good time. Yeah. You meet a lot of cool people. And then I met this person because I'm an admin for the Watershed 2023 page on Facebook. And so being involved in that page and providing tips and help helping people and advice and informing people, you meet a lot of cool people on that page and they want to like, you know, get to talk to you and get to know you and all that kind of crap. And so I ended up walking by this, this, uh, this lady and she recognized me from the page and she, uh, she grabbed me, pulled or walked up to me and she had this, uh, a cross that she and it was like um, a neck it was like a necklace with a cross on it It was like those leather bands like those cheap leather band ones you would tie up a knot and you put it around your neck as a necklace 
And she's like, yep. I made this for you um, on your, sobri- your, your sobriety uh, venture. Um, and she's like, I wanted to give this to you. She's like, I was hoping I'd see you out here. I want to give this to you. She's like, I want to do a prayer for you. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Let's do it. And so she does this prayer for me and all that kind of stuff. And like that right there was what I think gave me the rest of the strength to see out the weekend being sober. Cause it was like, it was bad to the point where it was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm just going to go out and have, you know, start drinking, you know, have a good time and enjoy, you know, my watershed experience and, you know, have fun like I used to. But until like when I met her and she did that for me, I was like, you know, fuck that. We're going to see it through. We're here. We're almost, we're at a one year almost. We can, we can finish it out. So, yeah. Wasn't for her, man. I don't, I don't know if I would have pulled through last year without being sober. Yeah. That's pretty cool though. But she just came out of nowhere and was like, Hey, I made yeah. this for you. Congratulations. And, right. Well, also really fucking sucked is that same night I was wearing it. Cause like we put it, she put it on me and I was wearing it. We went down, I went down to the concerts. I was down there in the pits and you know, like pits at concerts, they get pretty rowdy, right? Well, some somebody rip fucking, it off of you. Yeah, exactly. Somebody like fell. I don't remember what happened. There was so much shit going on. It was like, a, was like a fight that went on and people are like trying to spread out and somebody fell and their hand caught that necklace and broke the necklace. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Oh, I couldn't find it after that. So after I got home, I ended up was at the mall. And I went to Buckle to go get some new Hey Dudes because the Hey Dudes I was wearing out there got completely smoked. And I saw they had like crosses there, necklace crosses. And I ended up buying one and replacing the one that that lady gave me. And I made a post about it on Facebook, on Instagram, like talking about like what happened. Like, I'm sorry it got lost, but like this is a replacement of it. And, you know, it's actually like a chain link chain where it's not going to break off as easy. Um, but that, that, that moment, that day meant a, a lot to me. Like I said, it gave me the, the mental strength to, you know, keep pushing along and pulling through, you know, the, uh, the environment that you're in and everybody wanted to have a good time and offer you drinks and beers and shots and whatever. Yeah. That's gotta be rough. I mean, I'm sure as the, as the years go on, it'll probably get easier to kind of not be bothered by everybody slamming shots around you. But I mean, putting yourself in those, in those situations, I mean, that's gotta be pretty tough. Cause I mean, campground, that's all it is, is people, you, they wake up at nine o'clock, nine or 10 o'clock in the morning and just start shotgunning beers and taking shots. And then that's yeah. like all it is until they tell you they go to sleep. That's exactly and, uh, how it is. Yeah. I've only been one time. And then I was like, yeah, this is this is pretty rowdy. And there was a whole lot of people, a whole lot of dudes that kept trying to, like, hit on all the girls as we were walking in there, walking around in there. It's just like, man, what a bunch of idiots. And it kind of pissed a- me off. It's a cesspool there. Like every year, somebody on that Facebook page always comments and like, "Oh, it's my first time in Watershed. What should I bring?" And I'm like, I always throw the smart ass comment out there, like condoms and Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, fuck uh... man, like if you're you know you're a young kid or whatever, and you're going out to like you know any festival, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna drink. You're gonna meet somebody, and 
you know, it, everyone knows what usually lands to that is, you know, unprotected sex or whatever. It's like, fuck, man, be smart and go prepared for that kind of shit. <laughs> don't don't bring back an STD. Yeah, or don't bring back a kid that you don't know who the father is. <laughs> oh, man, that's a really... Uh, I wonder how many chicks get pregnant at Watershed each year by one I mean, night stand. I'll be completely honest with you. So I ended up making, when I used to drink and party, I made up a whole entire drunken alibi name. And his name was Bo Mason. I'm like, you might have heard of it before, back in the day when we used to go party and all that kind of shit. But when I would get drunk, I would go off by Bo Mason. And so I have I have a work phone, and I ended up making a Snapchat account on that for just Bo Mason. And so when I would go out and be drunk and meet, like, random chicks or people at Watershed or bars... I go off like, oh, my name's Bo Mason. Like, oh, they're like, oh, what's your Snapchat? So I give them my fucking Bo Mason Snapchat. And so I started <laughs> chatting off that. And then, like, I ended up, you know, I hooked up with a couple of girls at Watershed a few years back. And that's what they knew me as was Bo Mason and that kind of shit. And I was just like, <laughs> but I always had protection. So I was always on the, I was always in the clear for that shit. But, like, if anything was ever come back, that this person does not fucking exist. Exactly. Because, yeah, Bo Mason. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't like, exist. Yeah, does not exist. You can look him up on Facebook. Yeah, there'll be a whole bunch of bone masons that come up, but it ain't going to be my ugly face on there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Bo Mason. Um, you got to spell it right. It's B-E-A-U. Yeah, that's what I, that's what oh, I, that's okay. what I typed in. Oh, the first one, that guy looks like an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's a funny story. I remember when I was in like junior high or something, I made a I made a a burner snap account yeah. with a fake name. And uh <laughs> yeah, that was that. And then uh then they figured out who it was. Oh shit. <laughs> I was in like 8th grade and then uh it was like my ex-girlfriend in eighth grade or something. Her little girly friends thought it would be a, f a freaking great idea to just post a uh, a nice close-up picture of, uh, you know, the old eggplant on her Facebook oh, yeah. wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on her cover, her cover photo. They left it up there for like a week. Like, oh, my God. What the so that was the fuck? End. <laughs> that, that was the end of that. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, can't trust nobody. <laughs> That's some next level shit right there. And you know, the funny thing is she was still my girlfriend at the time. And she oh, let man. them do that. <laughs> wow. Talk about fucking Mean Girls 2.0. Fuck. Oh, I know. I was like, whatever. I ain't ashamed. Screw it. Hell no, you got two kids. I shouldn't be ashamed. Oh, it works. Yeah, it does I the hope job. So. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, so your girlfriend? How does how does she handle you you being gone all the time? I'll be honest with you, it's not easy. There's there's days where it's like you know it's super nice. It's you know everything's going great, and then like most days it's. She misses the shit out of me, and 
you know, she wants to, you know, talk as much as possible, and, like, I try, I try to talk to her as much as I can. Um, I usually will give her a call around my, on my lunchtime, um, and we'll chat for about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how long my lunch is. And then after I get done with work, later in the afternoon, I'll give her a call when either I'm driving from the, my location to my hotel or when I get to my hotel. I'll talk to her for a couple hours, and I'll end up getting off the phone to go hop in the shower and get ready for bed and give her a call again before I go to bed and we'll sit on the phone and talk for an hour or so. And like our thing is where like what we do, like when we're home, when I'm home here, um, she sends me a lot of like TikToks and Instagrams and that kind of thing. That was just, that's kind of like, that's our thing. And so she'll send me a whole bunch of them throughout the day. And then at the end of the evening, um, when it's like, you know, around my bedtime, she'll be like, okay, let's, you know, let's watch the TikToks I sent you or the Instagrams I sent you. And so we'll, I'll be on the phone with her and we'll, both pull up like the Instagram like uh, messages or the TikTok messages back and forth to each other, and then we go through them at the same time and watch them together. And we'll like we'll laugh or we'll talk about it, we'll joke or we'll have a good time. And that's one thing I really do enjoy is when she does that because like I'm not really big into like I used to really big really big into TikTok, and I think you know that. Um, yeah. But like now it's like I really don't really mess with it anymore. I really don't have the time. Um, to go scroll through it or even like Instagram, but she does. And so she'll send me all these kind of things. And when I'm home, she'll send them to me and we'll watch them together in bed and laugh. And so that was her doing that is, and us like having that extra, you know, hour or 30 minutes a night, like doing it over the phone. It's kind of, it's really nice because it makes you think you're back home. Um, you know, you're next to each other, but you're, but you're not. But it's just, that's one, that's one thing I really do enjoy and look forward to like, every day after work when we do that it's just like you know it's like it's like those um you know your couple's traditions whatever whatever you got like what you and your wife like to do together like that kind of stuff yeah um but we do the days, same thing too there, there's days where it's like I, I i'm exhausted and i want to go to bed early with you know with being in a different time zone it's you know earlier here but later over there and she'll get upset about that. Like she's trying to make time to talk to me on the phone, get all her things done. But then like, I'm trying to get off the phone and go to bed. So she gets, she gets upset and I get it. It's, you know, the time zone differences doesn't make it any better. Me being gone doesn't make it any better. It's, it's hard and it's, and it's really frustrating and it is depressing. Cause again, you're gone and you're missing out on so many things. Like when I come home, her daughter has already grown so much in like just a month's time that like I miss um, just, you know, getting taller, the hair is getting longer, her vocabulary is getting so much more, you know, precise on her terminology. Um, and like, sometimes I'll be on the phone talking to her and you can hear her daughter in the background. I'm like, dude, when did your three-year-old turn to a 16 year old? Because you guys are arguing like <laughs> a teenager already. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Her, her daughter's got so much sass and it's just like, that that's definitely your child for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're they're pretty crazy. I mean, they go from not talking, and then like, then they're just full of sentences out of nowhere, and then, like, like I'll go, I'll go to work for a day or something, and then like the next day I'll hear Piper like say some like sophisticated like long word. I'm like, what in the tarnation? How do you yeah. know how to say that? Like right. what? 
they 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 like to watch a lot of those YouTube videos and stuff, and I guess it actually teaches them quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Her daughter's man, she is so smart. She'll go like she'll take the tablet out of your hand or take your phone out of your hand, and she'll start scrolling through photos. She likes to see photos of herself, and then she'll get on YouTube or like Netflix and start watching something on one of those. And I'm like, how the hell can you figure this out so damn fast? Because like sometimes like YouTube, I can't figure it out. Um, especially if like do like different like little updates or whatever. But she's just going through, finding like Coco Melon or you know dinosaur videos or what what have you and she just like gets so like involved in it then she'll get distracted and go into like looking at photos of herself or, like on my phone or her mom's phone and she'll be like mommy mommy who's this and she's like we're like oh that's you and it's, it's all it's all that stuff and it's it's just so damn smart man i didn't realize how smart like you know toddlers are but damn they're smart yeah and then they know how to go into the camera and take oh, yeah. thousands of pictures just for fun of like their feet and stuff like that. Oh yeah, well like, like man, like my girlfriend, she has uh, like a whole bunch of like um, you know mo- like movie streaming applications like Vudu or Netflix or like P- like Paramount. But one thing she likes to watch a lot is on Vudu, and we'll go on there under the movie sections that she's purchased, and you'll see like new movies purchased on there, and those like you'll see like one of them Sonic. There's like. Um, like the movie Trolls, uh, I and mean, a whole bunch of kid movies. I'm like, what the hell? She's like, I didn't do that. She's like, that was my daughter. I'm like, how does your daughter know how to work booty and purchase movies? Like, search for them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's happened a few times, like on Amazon, Amazon Prime Video or something like that, because I'll get like a, a text message or like email confirmations. Mm-hmm. And like, somebody's buying something on my Amazon Prime Video. And it sure as hell isn't me, because I'm sitting here at work, working trains and stuff. Like, huh. So I don't I haven't even gone on there and looked to see what I own and what I've rented, but, yeah, who knows. Yeah, there was, we went to, I ended up flying home um, about three, three weeks ago. Oh, this is another thing that sucks about, like, your job, too, like, like, with my job, Like, we only get Sundays off. Like, we work Monday through Saturday and have Sundays off. Um, about three weeks ago, my girlfriend, she has uh, she has two Boston Terriers. One's 10, one's 8. Well, the 10-year-old, you know, got she got really sick where she was, like, starting to suffocate when she started to fall asleep. And she ended up taking her to the emergency vet in the middle of the night, that Saturday night. And got her like to get a little bit better but she ended up wasn't getting any better she was getting worse and so she ended up having this uh, this company come over and did an in-house euthanation on her and i ended up actually flying home from chicago to here to tacoma where she lives to be with her for the night because she just put down her oldest dog that she has since she was a puppy um i didn't want her to be alone and i was only here for a night and so that was really rough because, like, going doing that whole thing, you know, just for a night and the jet lag kind of crap was really was a pain in the ass um, dealing with that. I do I deal with jet lag really bad. But going back to the whole kid thing, we uh, we went to the fair down in Olympia. I think it was like the Olympia, like the Capital Lake Fair, what it was called that weekend, and her daughter had my phone. She was going through my phone, like looking through pictures and playing with it, um, which was no big deal. 
but I also remembered that she likes to go through and make random purchases. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, Olivia, honey, let me see my phone. And she's like, okay. She gave me my phone and she was about to pay for an, like a, like an app on the app store, like some cartoon character app thing. And I was like, Oh hell no. Yeah. Those kids, they're always playing this, uh, these games and stuff, or they'll Piper knows how to click on these ads. Like, like if you're scrolling through YouTube videos to click on, sometimes in between videos, there's like one that's like not an actual video. It just looks like one. But if you click on it, it's like uh, ads for games or something like that. She oh, goes yeah. into those and like it lets you play these little games, but then it wants you to buy it. And then half the time she's like has games like she's buying in there almost but it wants you to like type in a credit card and stuff it's like man good thing it's good thing it doesn't like charge my phone account or something like that yeah but, yeah they'll that's like the mistake they'll drain your bank account like a credit card linked to your fucking like apple pay because all you gotta do is like double click your lock button on your fucking iphone and it already pays for it or whatever cards linked to your apple pay yeah, I'm sure the kids will be able to figure that out eventually. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I know mine's mine's hooked up to my cell phone number, so if I buy an app or something and I double-click my button, it'll just charge it to my cell phone bill. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Um, but the kids don't really use my phone to do stuff like that. I mean, we have old phones laying around that we have hooked up to the Wi-Fi that they can use and stuff, so... They don't really, unless they're like on my Amazon account or something like that, then they can't really buy stuff very easily. Yeah. But yeah, kids are wild. They're smart. Okay. They're sponges. Love them. Love yeah. them. Love them. They're, they're great. Like, they're a they're a great part, like great thing to have around. Like, not saying like they're just an item or an object, but they're just they're great to have in your life. I was like, I was talking to Kyle about this uh, yesterday, um, and he was at where I was just catching up with them, and he's asking, he's like, well, how's you know the whole stepdad life? And I'm like, man, it is great. And I told him like, I think I finally found meaning in my life. It was you know to be a parent, because for a while I wanted to be a father, like when I was a lot younger, and then with this job and trying to find somebody who can understand it, understand your job and accept it was really hard. No, they, they, they would always assume that you would cheat on them because you're on the road in different States working. Um, but in reality, they're the ones back home talking to other guys or doing other things with other friends and, you know, fooling around and being all sneaky behind your back. And I, I always explain to everybody, like, I've ever talked to or dated. I was like, I don't have time to even go to the gym like I used to after work. What makes you think I have time to cheat? Like, that's yeah. a ridiculous concept that like, gets wrapped in their minds. And they always have, like, oh, you know, I'm used to being cheated on or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I get it. I'm me too. But trying to find somebody that can, you know, understand it and wrapped their head around it that like not everyone's the same was always like really frustrating so i was like you know what i'm just gonna die alone i made that acceptance of you know being you know the cool uncle when my my brother has kids uh and just not having my own but like meeting my girlfriend and meeting her daughter um and us being together for so long now it's like 
man, this is this is a great feeling. I can't believe I ever told myself that I was okay just dying alone and just being a fuck boy. Yeah, well, being a dad is rad. It 100%. is. One hundred percent. Definitely, it's definitely a cool thing. Like my my one of my favorite things. Like it, like I'm not. I obviously I'm not her dad. Like I'm not this dad. That we're not married or anything like that. I'm just you know I'm her mom's boyfriend but like the greatest like i think one of the greatest things the coolest things ever is when like we get out of the car we're going to the grocery store or like yesterday we went to um i don't know if you saw it on facebook or whatever it's like it's called bounce the city or bounce the mall but you should take your kids to it it's actually really cool it's down there in south center and i think they have it going on to the 20th of august a whole bunch of blow up bounce houses in the parking lot like, they have, like, obstacle courses, a ball pit, like, all these things. There's, like, six or seven of them, and they're freaking huge. Uh, we went and did that, that yesterday. That sounds cool. Yeah, I think, it's like, I think it's, like, 75 bucks a person, and it's, like, an hour and a half long, and you can go do whatever you want out there. doesn't matter. However long you want. We were there for just about an hour, maybe a little over an hour, and I'm, like, me and my girlfriend are just dead-ass tired, just beating down with sweat, and... Her daughter, Olivia, she's like, let's go again. Let's go again. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. I'm like, all right, I can't do this. My cardio says, hell no. <laughs> but like, we're going through the entire park, whatever. We're walking to the parking lot to get in. And she just grabs my hand and is hanging on to my hand. And we're walking around through the parking lots. And that's just such a great feeling because you have, like, this little human who, like, yeah, you're not their father, but they look up to you as a father figure. And they're just, like, holding your hand. And they, they like... They like they. She wants me to hold her or carry her, and it's just like it's such a great like, um, heartwarming feeling that I never thought I would ever ex like, ever experience my entire life. Yeah, it def it definitely is like one of the greatest feelings that you could ever feel and experience. Yeah, and it's like, and man, she took some nasty tumbles down at that bouncy house thing, and it's crazy how like she's such an independent child. She gets right back up and she's like, all right, let's keep going. I'm like, holy shit, kid. <laughs> that hurt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like kids are just indestructible. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, and like, like something they do, you know, you, like, you think it would hurt them or, and they're just like, Oh no, I'm totally fine. I'm like, Oh dude, my back hurts from watching you do that. Yeah. They're, they're pretty indestructible. And when they do, like yard sale it seems like they only cry when you react to it and ask them if they're okay but if you just like ignore it then they just dust themselves off and continue doing it yeah well like yesterday we were on the trampoline and she was bouncing and she ended up like doing she ended up jumping higher and getting a bigger bounce and she well shit it looks like we had some technical difficulties and uh the last 10 or 12 minutes of Brennan's audio was non-existent and did not upload. So, here we are. Um, at least we got, we were basically at the end, about ready to uh, close out. But, just want to say thank you, Brennan, for coming on the show and talking about all your struggles. And uh, I could definitely relate to a lot of those with being out of town for work and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, as for everybody else, if anybody out there would like to be on the show, go ahead and send me an email 
at the weekly struggle podcast at gmail.com and I will try to get back to you as soon as I can and we could get you scheduled and get you on the show whether it's in person or if you're in a different state um, we can do it over the internet and go from there all right guys well catch you guys later see you on the next one